Today we're uh, continuing on with uh, last week we talked about um, spiritual facelift. Well, this week I want to continue on with that, but I want to continue on with taking the mask off is what the title is today. Now, uh, some of you guys let me down last week. Uh, I said it two or three times that I'm not talking about the physical mask and the political agenda of the mask in the, that's going on in our world, that I was using that because we're dealing with it every day. And, and anyway, uh, you've come to me and said that, that I've done things uh, relating politically, and that's not correct. Uh, I'm talking about the spiritual things. Uh, the way I honor this mask in the physical is if, if somebody where I'm going, they want me, to request, or want me to wear it, I wear it. If they don't, then I don't. I just respect others that are around me, and that's my view on that. But I'm solely talking to you today about spiritual mask. And we got a lot of spiritual masks that are on our faces. And I wish that we would, would think about that as much as we're thinking about the issue of mask in society. We're trying to decide in the physical, do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Let's look at the spiritual. What mask are we wearing in the spiritual that we need to take off? That's what I want us to look at. And that's what I want us to take a, a real hard look at in our life. A mask that we're wearing today is I really believe the Spirit showed me a lot of you think this church is dead. You think Jesus is dead. You think that this world is dead. And we got to get past that. Jesus is more alive now than he's ever been. He's more real than he's ever been. If you don't know that, you need to take that mask off and see. Because he's moving. It said in the last day, there's going to be some churches moving and there's going to be some churches doing nothing. And we need to decide where we're going to be. Today, we're going to be reading on from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're just going to go from chapter 3 to chapter 4. We're going to read through verses 4, or chapter 4, 1 through 6. And I'm going to be reading out of the NIRV again. But anyway, while you're looking that up, the first point is unmask the world spiritually the second point is we must take control of secret and shameful things in our lives two we're going to play a game truth or twist and then the fourth thing is we have work to do and then there's faithful there's clueless and there's prideful kind of like the old movie the good bad and ugly we're going to talk about that a little bit but while you're doing that again first second corinthians chapter four um Wanted to announce while you're looking it up, the Bartlett's were married yesterday and the flowers are representing those in their wedding yesterday, Bartlett and Payne wedding. And so we thank them for the flowers today. Uh, my wife has been kind of uh, putting together a women's retreat. It didn't work out like, or start out like a women's retreat, but she's asked some gals to go with her somewhere and it's kind of snowballing a little bit. And she didn't want to, any of you to think you weren't invited. So if you're interested in being a part of a women's retreat, they're wanting to go to Branson and, and go to a, a preaching deal and singing. And, and she knows all the details and I don't, so talk to her. But anyway, be thinking about that if you're interested in going. But the scripture says, so because of God's mercy, we have work to do. You guys got that? We have work to do. We we'll say that. We have work to do. He has given it to us, and we don't give up. We say, say that today. We don't give up. Let's do it again. We don't give up. Instead, we have given up doing secret and shameful things. 
We don't twist God's word. In fact, we do just the opposite. We present the truth plainly in the sight of God. We make our appeal to everyone's sense uh, of what is right and wrong. Three, suppose our good news is uh, covered with a veil, then it is veiled to those who are dying. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They can't see the light of the good news that makes Christ's glory clear. Christ is the likeness of God. The message we preach is not about ourselves. Our message is about Jesus Christ. We say that he is Lord. You know, it just hit me there. It's not my notes today, but when we're talking about the ministry, are we talking about us all the time? Or are we talking about what Christ wants to do in us? The message we preach is not about ourselves. Our message is about Jesus Christ. We say that he is Lord, and we say that we serve you because of Jesus. God said, let light shine out of darkness. We all know Genesis 1-3, in the beginning, the light shined in the hearts of everybody. Jesus made this light shine in our hearts. His light gives us a light to know God's glory. His glory is shown in the face of Christ. So again, we can see the glory of God. We can experience Jesus Christ no matter what's going on around us. So point one, unmask the world. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. We learned last week that the word in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 says, but when anyone turns to the Lord, that veil, that mask is taken away. So the answer to the world, the blindness of the world, to the things that we're struggling with in our life is to take the mask off, to move it away and allow God to move in our life. It is our responsibility to remove the mass Satan has placed over this society, this world, our own personal lives. And we do that by turning to Jesus Christ. This week, uh, uh, again, I don't, uh, Phil Robertson, he was being interviewed. Uh, he's met with President Trump three times lately. And they interviewed him. And a lot of us probably follow Phil the Robertson with Duck Dynasty. And we probably think he's pretty logical in some things he says. But he said that when he was talking to President Trump and when he was interviewed, what he did, he said, I pointed him to Jesus. We talked about spiritual matters all, matters all three times, but I pointed him to Jesus. And that's what we need to do as a society, uh, as a church, excuse me, as a believer. In all that we do, we need to point it to Jesus. In our personal life, in our, in our marriages, in all that we do, we're pointing people to Jesus. We went on to say in this interview that November's presidential election could turn into a battle of Jesus versus the devil and Karl Marx. The outcome will either be hell or earth or peace of mind. And I wasn't going to share that today, but, but Joe made a comment up here today that we should pray for the government, pray for this world, and the result of that is peace of mind. We as believers need to stand up and point this world to Jesus because the devil's going to win in the end or Christ is going to win in the end. And in my life, Jesus is going to win in the end. So we need to take that to the world. He goes on to say the outcome will either be heaven or hell or earth, peace of mind. Then he goes on to say, if you look at it logically, 
viewing it through a spiritual lens, you got the devil on one hand, you got Jesus on the other hand. And those two forces are coming together. And if you punch the wrong button and go the wrong, to the wrong person, there's either hell on earth or there's peace of mind. Jesus. Peace of mind is the key. And so I just thought I'd share that today with you guys. But Jesus is all about bringing us freedom. And our freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's why we point people to Jesus. The glory of God's presence is all around us, and it's deep in us. And we need to recognize it because he's here. The slide that you see behind me today is a picture of our youth group. That's what I was trying to tell you. Oakton's more alive today and real than ever. Uh, we ministered last week whenever the guys were bringing the asphalt in, hundreds of trucks came in. And every truck was given a bottled water. Every truck was given a mask, or a mask, given a, <laughs> a mask. Uh, every, every trucker was given a track of the word of gospel. And they were talked to and ministered to by our youth. And that was a lot of people. And so uh, that ministry went on last week, and that's what we are to do. We are to point people to the cross. Now, I'll be honest with you. I noticed when me and Karen went to Carthage the other day, there sat one of them tracks in the road at the junction of 160 and J, or 126 and J Highway. One of them truckers had pitched it out. That's okay. We got it in his hands. It's up to them what they do with it now. Amen? Our job is to point them to Christ. Point number two. Take control of secret and shameful ways. And again, last week we talked about that we need to take control of hidden sin and negative influence in our life. We talked about how negative influence, our mindset, controls us. Guys, if you hear... Uh, boy, I tell you, it just hit me now. I listened to Brother Swaggart the other day. He preached a sermon in 1984 that is, is true today. And, and he was talking about that in 1984 that how that people will manipulate the minds to get you where they are today. And in that message, he specifically talked about music. And boy, did he not hit it right on the head. Uh, the devil knows that he can gain control of us through our minds. If he can convince you that Christ is dead, this church is dead, then you will be dead. And so that's why we need to come against them thoughts. And we need to cast them down. But today I come to you as a church that last week it didn't seem that any of you were struggling with these things. The Lord told me this week, then we need to go help others. So we need to help others that are going through hidden sin and negative influence and not cast them out. So many times we hear about somebody's in sin, we want to kick them out of the church because we don't want to have the embarrassment or save the church the embarrassment when we need to be ministering to the people that are here. We need to be lifting those up that are having trouble with the negative minds and the, and the hidden sin, and we need to be with them and, and bring them through that. We need to help them unmask secret and shameful ways. A lot of you don't like the way this country's going. A lot of you don't like the way things are going in your life. Well, I say to you, take a look at yourself first. Myself, kid. I look at myself and I repent of secret and shameful ways. I repent of hidden and negative influence and I examine myself. That's the first step. Starts with you. The second step is I go over here and get my lovely wife, Karen, 
And I began to pray the same thing with her. And I began to work with her as a, as a husband and wife. And we began to examine ourselves and look at ourselves and pray and seek the Lord. And then the third thing I do is I go to my church and I work with my pastor and I work with my teachers and I work with the church and the people that God has put in our church to, to help them unveil and unmask secret and shameful things and encourage them. And then I do my, my USA I work with my president, I work with the government, and I help to unmask secret and shameful things in my country. Did you vote Tuesday? That's what we should be praying and fasting about for our nation, is, Lord, how can I vote morally? Christ, how would you vote? We can make a difference. A strong personal relationship with Jesus based on strong families, based on strong churches, will make a strong USA again. Amen? Our problem isn't Satan. It's our desire to protect secret sin and shameful things. We want to wear these masks. We don't want to give them up. And again, last week I talked about that Jesus took away the weapons of the powers and authorities. He made a public show of them. He won the battle over them by dying on the cross. So Jesus has already paid the price. Most everything we go through is not an attack from Satan because he has no authority over us. It's only what we allow in. So I quote of what I said last week, taking control of secret and shameful things in our lives will stop most of the spiritual warfare we endure. We take control by looking at ourselves first, getting together with our spouse, our families, our church, in our country. The slide that we're looking at behind us today, again, this is Tuesday. Oakton went out and we prayed over Lamar schools. And I say that, I say that with not pride, but I'm proud of, of our church. We went to Lamar schools and, and we prayed over the schools. We met with our superintendent or their uh, person over FCA and we started at the tree and we walked around the school and prayed around the middle school and the high school, Lamar. That's how we make a difference in this world. That's how we change this world is by, again, looking at ourselves, looking to examine our, our families, looking and examining our church, and then go out and try to help the world. We went from there, we loaded up, and we went over to Liberal. And we, we went through the inside of the liberal school, down the hallways to the middle school, and we went out the south doors and we walked around the school and met at the flagpole and prayed again together as a group. We prayed for all the schools represented that day, which I, was Lockwood, uh, Golden City, Lamar, Nevada, Carthage. Um, I'm missing some, but there are seven schools that we prayed over that day. We went in person to these two schools, though, and we make a difference by praying in our communities. I can tell you right now, guys, that, that I can tell that people are praying in this church. Uh, you know, I've called you guys to come out and pray in the body, in the church, at these altars, above your regular praying times. And, and I've counted 12 plus people that are doing this. And man, I can tell a difference. I can see it. I can feel it. And your prayers, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. And we need to press into prayer now more than ever. The other thing that we did that day, and I don't think I have a slide of it, is we went by and prayed with Joe over the liberal church. 
In other words, we're to pray over all churches and to stand with all churches around the area. And we prayed over that church, and, and it, was, it, was, it was neat how Joel told me that that church called him. What was going on that day? What are you doing down there? They're excited to see what's going on. Point number three, truth or twist. Verse 2 says, if you notice, in the Scripture, we're going backwards to front. You know, in the Scripture, I started with the last point that, that they had wrote, then I came on down. Well, now we're in verse 2. We don't twist God's word. We present the truth plainly. We make our appeal to everyone's sense of what is right or wrong. So our job as believers is to, to determine what's right or wrong by praying and seeking the Holy Spirit. And then we share that with people. So I want to play a game here today. Uh, it's called Truth or Twist. Have you ever played it? I made it up. So if you guys want to go on the Shark Tank and, and with me and we'll sell this and we'll make a fortune for the church so we can do more ministry. But we're going to base it off of uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. That's a simple one. But anyway, questions based on the Ten Commandments. If it's truth, I want you to say truth in your mind. If it's twist, I want you to say twist. And so truth is you're doing what the Ten Commandments says. Twist means that you've changed it or adjusted it to meet your lifestyle. Okay? So the first one says, I have no other gods before me. Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit is number one. Truth or twist? Is that a true statement? Or have we twisted that statement to fit our lifestyle? Two, am I going too fast? Just checking. I shall not make idols. Is that a truth or twist? Now, I Googled that, and there's a great devotion out there. And I don't think I posted on my Facebook. I meant to, but I don't think it got there. But it was talking about idols and what they meant. And they had the top 10 idols in the United States. And number one idol in the United States was what? Anybody guess? It was self. I'm number one uno. I know my Spanish. That's the only word I know. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? Uh, when Embar and us first started down there, I was so excited. I got this song and I thought it was in Spanish. And I go, let's sing this together. Embar's so encouraging. Yeah, pastor, we'll do that. And so we played it at Carthage, and I was up there singing, and I was just praising God, and I was kind of looking around, and the Spanish people weren't singing it. And Embar walked up to me later, and he said, Pastor, that wasn't Spanish. <laughs> so I don't know what we were singing in, but, but anyway, he respected his pastor. Maybe you guys ought to try that, you know? When I'm making a fool out of myself, let me go, but correct me at due time, okay? So anyway, <laughs> so self was the number one. And then uh, the second thing was security. In other words, we want and desire security apart from God. The third thing was approval, relationships, success, wealth, health, food, intellect, and comfort. That was the top 10 idols that this guy was talking about. He breaks them down and did a really neat job with that. So is that truth? or twist for you today. And again, truth is that, yes, I have no other idols in front of God. Self is not in front of God, and food is not in front of God, and success is not in front of God. Twist is I've adjusted the scripture to fit my lifestyle. What's your answer today? 
Number three, I do not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Truth or twist. I honor my father and mother. Truth or twist. Mom, do I honor you guys? Dad, do I honor you guys? Uh Uh-oh. Dad's shaking his head yes. Mom's shaking her head no. So I need to work on that, okay? Dad, I'll remember that. I'm going to treat you better and mom, I'm going to treat you worse. No, I'm just kidding. Honor your mother and father, right? Six, I no longer murder people physically or spiritually. Truth or twist. Yeah, but they had it coming. I do not commit adultery in any form or fashion. Truth or twist. Adultery is anything I do outside of marriage between a man and a woman. Okay? Truth or twist. Truth or twist, I no longer steal. Do you tithe? Well, God's word doesn't say that. Hmm. Truth or twist. Actually, God's word says give more than, than ever. Give all you can. Number nine, do I tell false lies, gossip, or slander about my neighbors? Truth or twist. Number 10, do I covet what other people have or yearn to possess? Truth or twist. How'd we do today? Again, if we answer twist on any question, that means that we have twisted God's word or compromised God's word to fit our lifestyle. I called a school teacher and said, what's passing at school? Because I didn't do it very good. But in school, 69% below is failing. 79% uh, 69% is average. 89%, 79% is above average or good. But 99 or to 89% is great. And 100% is perfect. I want you to look at the damage we have caused because we have allowed the world to twist God's word. As Christians, we must intentionally keep God's word. I want to say it again, that a different way. Look at the damage we have caused because we are failing, or maybe we're below average, or maybe we are average or even great, but we're not perfect. When we must strive to be Christ-like. Christ made us perfect on the cross. Christ gave us the power and authority to overcome sin on the cross. There's no reason to twist the scriptures to fit our life. We need to twist our life to fit the scriptures and be 100% for Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Point four, we have work to do. So because of God, we have work to do. He has given it to us, and we don't give it up. We don't give it up. We have work to do. Did you get that? He has given us the ministry. What's causing us to give up today? Are we dysfunctional? 
in our relationship with God, our families, our wives, our marriage, our nation. But we can't give up today. God has given us mercy. You see that? God has given us mercy. And mercy is compassion and forgiveness shown towards someone whom is within one's power to punish or harm. God has given us power through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So I had some thoughts from the scripture today or actually throughout the last week of, uh, of these words in this chapter or four verses one, but it said giving up. And the Lord spoke to me, the China virus should not stop Oakton from doing what I have called you to do by the Holy Spirit. I want you to really think about that today. We need to be pressing in now more than ever. Now, we may be doing ministry in a different way. There's lots of changes going on. There's lots of things different. But we're still doing the ministry, and God still called us to accomplish things. And God's called us to go save disciple and sin and to continue to do that. We have work to do. The Lord told me we need to fear him, God, like we do the China virus. We need to worship God in our homes for weeks at a time. We need to stop going places that make you spiritually sick. We need to remove the mask of sin because it's killing you spiritually. We need to seek godly things that make you unhealthy. And we need to follow God's direction regardless of what others think. He has given us this ministry. In our case, this Oakton ministry. And the Lord really hit me hard with this one here is Oakton is not a club. Oakton is not a clubhouse. Oakton is a place that God wants to minister to people, that God wants to change lives, that God wants to be the lighthouse to the world. When I say that today, are we treating Oakton the way God's called us to treat it? In other words, as the scripture says today, let your light shine in darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts. His light gives us the light to know God's glory. His glory is shown in the faces of Christ. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Are we bringing light to this community? Are we bringing light to each other when we come in here on Sunday mornings? Are you coming in here Sunday mornings in the attitude, I'm going to touch somebody's life with the light of Jesus Christ? Sunday school teachers, are you faunching at the bit to come in here and teach so that you can minister to somebody and let Christ shine through you? Altar teens, are you coming in here with an agenda that I'm going to pray that God changes somebody's life? Ushers, when people are walking through that door, are you doing it the best you can and you want to touch somebody's life with a howdy duty? I care for you. We need to start looking at Oakton as the house of God and put it above and should look better and be more effective than our own houses. Not many amens on that. Jesus said, some of the disciples remarked about the beauty of the temple. They pointed out all the lovely adornments and how it was built with excellence from the gifts given to God. 
Are we building this ministry, this church, our lives in beauty with adornments and with excellence? Are we doing everything God's called us to do at this church with excellence? Is it beautiful? Is it adorned by God? And guys, we need to work on that. It seems like right now people are wanting to pull away when they need to be pressing in. We need to press into the things of God now more than ever. I'm going to close with this tonight, today. Maybe tonight when we're done, I guess. But, but I had a dream the other night. And, 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 and I know that people, when I say that, shut me off a lot of times. But this dream was so real. And, and I woke up and I could feel it. You ever had them dreams where you can just feel it? And, and I could feel this dream. And, and this dream ate on me all week. I prayed every day, Lord, what's this dream mean? Because I couldn't shake it. And I couldn't, I couldn't let loose of it. And I was talking to Carrot about it and different ones, and I just couldn't shake it. Well, the Lord revealed the answer today. When I woke up out of bed and I sat up, he spoke to me what it meant. But I want to tell you the dream. Uh, uh, and I think it was Joshua, but I know it was my son. And, and anyway, I had went to see him. And I walked outside because he was in the yard and he had a remote control and he was playing with a helicopter. And he was buzzing around and, and just having the time of his life and enjoying the helicopter. And, and, and boy, I enjoyed being around him and, and the presence was just awesome. Man, we were having fellowship, we were having a good time, but I need to say that it was raining. And it was, it was dark outside, but, but it's kind of like the way the weather's been lately, other than there was no lightning. There was just a lot of rain and the puddles were deep and he was out there and playing with a helicopter in the rain and just having a great time. And man, I was feeling it. And I was feeling the relationship with my son. And then I looked over. I don't know why I'm fighting crying now that I am. But I looked over and I saw a baby, probably 50 foot away, sitting in water about this deep. And the baby had no shirt on, no shoes on, no socks on, just pants. The baby was healthy. I mean, it was fed. The hair was cut. It was cared for, but, but it was over here to the side. And I, I, I was longing to pick the child up. And I began to feel the same thing I felt for my son for the child. And, and I looked at the son and, and, and I said, son, what is that? And he goes, dad, that's my son. And I walked over there and I reached down and I picked him up and he began to cry. And I think it's because of the presence and the holding. And, and I tried to comfort him and I pulled him in and wrapped my coat around him. And my son kept playing with a helicopter. But again, I felt the love and the presence, the joy of being with my son but I felt the joy in the presence of being with my grandson. It was awesome. And the Lord woke me this morning and he said, that baby 
is the church. That baby is a ministry. But we love it. We love everything about it. But we're so preoccupied with the world that we don't take care of it. The church, the ministry, our relationship with the Lord. As I began to meditate on that, I thought about my own relationship. Do I love Jesus? And do I take care of my relationship with him? I thought about the lost. Do we desire to win the lost? But do we care for them? Do we desire to have the best church ever? Are we preoccupied? Do we desire to operate in our spiritual giftings and callings? Do we care for them? In closing today, if the praise team would come forward. And that's the last point today. I believe the Lord told me there's, there's faithful, there's clueless, and there's prideful Christians. The clueless, they just simply know God, but they don't seek the Holy Spirit in their life. And to be blunt, you wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he was standing beside you because he is. The Holy Spirit's all around us. He's moving all the time. The opposite of that, the picture you see in the background is me and Karen on Congress Street in Austin, Texas. And where we were sitting there, I may have been a little clueless that day. But my wife was felt a heaviness when we were down there on that fourth in Congress. And and we were we took an Uber down there and we we're walking around looking at things. And and Karen just said, I'm not at peace here. And I'm not at peace here. And I was on vacation, so I guess I was clueless. But she kept after me. And I should have stopped in and prayed and 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 really sought after the Lord and what he was trying to say. Instead, I gave in and said, okay, and we got an Uber and we left. A few hours later that night, that's the spot the guy was killed at in Austin, Texas. I think Karen was discerning the spiritual oppression that was there. But I was clueless because I was on vacation. It's really, really been thinking about that a lot lately. So some of us may be clueless a little bit of the time, but I believe some of us can be clueless all the time when we need to be spiritually minded all the time and recognize the Spirit and listen to our wives. The second thing is, and again, the Lord has given me a compassion for the clueless. 
because he showed me that, and to be honest with you, I struggle with Christians a lot, the ones that aren't living for him. And the Lord's given me a compassion for the clueless lately because they really don't know what's going on. They can't see it. And he's really showed me that through many examples. But the prideful, they recognize the Holy Spirit and deny it. And the Holy Spirit showed me Pharaoh. And of all people, Pharaoh, what did he do? But he kept Israel from worshiping God. And pride keeps us from worshiping God. And God showed me that if Pharaoh, the love of God is so strong, if Pharaoh himself would have gave in and worshiped God, he'd be alive and blessed today. But he hardened his heart 10 plus times to where it brought him spiritual death. So are we prideful today? Because pride will cause us not to worship and it'll bring us spiritual death. So the clueless, you know, we can work with that, but the prideful, man, we got to break that. And then the last thing here is the faithful. And I was trying to say, you know, Lord, what does faithful mean? And the Lord spoke to me, fulfill my legacy. And legacy is carry on the things of God. And that's where I come back to the dream. The Lord wanted me to carry on the things of God through my son and through his son. And when we're not doing that, it hurts God because he loves us and he loves our son. And it's not the legacy, but it's who's involved with the legacy. And that's people. God wants us to love people. It's his legacy to go on. And he wants the word of God to go on. He wants to build his kingdom in every heart and mind in this world. He wants us to go save, disciple, and sin. So if you're here today or out there in, in video land and you say, God doesn't care about me, you need to take that spiritual mask off because he does. And you just need to do your best to be faithful. And I say do your best because I've shared some flaws that I've had. I've been clueless at times. To be honest with you, I fight being prideful at times. But we must recognize the mask, the spiritual mask, and rip them off. So today, as we're aware of the physical mask in our life, I challenge you to be aware of the spiritual mask in your life. Give them the same effort. Give them the same talking in the community. Man, if we spent as much time discussing the things of God that we have COVID stuff, we would change the world. If you'd stand to your feet today, salvation is number one. If you need to be water baptized or dedicate a baby or you want to join the church because you want to carry on the legacy, get with me on August 30th. We're doing a celebration Sunday. I'd like to baptize some, dedicate some. I would love to bring some people in that truly want to carry on the legacy of God and Jesus Christ through membership. And then today, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? That's the four things that we need to be looking at. But are we clueless today? Are we prideful or are we faithful? How did we do on our test today in truth or twist? Some of us have some masks.
that we need to take off. And I want to challenge you to do that today. These altars will be open. If you need prayer, grab me or Jim or somebody. We'd be glad to pray with you. But Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, you are in the house. You are alive and real. And Father, I ask that you move across this body and you begin to reveal the the masks that cover our face spiritually, that keep us from being who you called us to be. And Father, that keep us from carrying on the legacy that you called us to carry. And Father, we speak against them now and we ask that you bring them down in Jesus' name. But Father, first let us recognize them and repent and turn to you in Jesus' name. These altars are open.